name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Last week, we talked about how we are all witnesses. That just like Peter speaking at Pentecost, we have seen the ways in which God is at work in ourselves and in the lives of others. And so as we look at how Peter's message concludes and what happens as a result of that work, people are added to the group of the apostles. They become a part of the people of God that Jesus wanted to gather. Witness leads to community. And I love the word community. Because it's one of those words that we like to use because it is good and it's wholesome and everyone agrees that it's a positive thing, right? We want to build community. We want to work with the community. We are a community. Nobody wants to be anti-community. And it doesn't actually mean anything specific, right? We don't have to say who we mean by the community or who is included in that we part of the statement when we say that we are a community. We can pretty much mean anything when we say community. It just means something good. So, we're going to understand what Peter and the apostles are accomplishing when their witness is leading to community and to better understand what we ourselves are called to do, we have to go a little bit deeper with what we mean when we say community. And I believe at its core that a community is a group of people who share the same stories. We are bonded together by the stories that we have in common. Um, my job at the pantry most weeks is a very straightforward one. Stand at the door, help manage the flow of traffic as people are waiting in line, coming in to get food, and then heading out with their groceries to go about the rest of their days. It was really easy. I also really enjoy it. Because there's so much of that story sharing which is happening. It could be as simple as our shared stories around things that are happening around Baltimore, places that we've been to, sports come up a lot, um, I know some people who are going to have plenty of thoughts about Lamar Jackson's contract come this Wednesday. And it's something that also tends to become more personal over time, that the stories go from sort of things that are happening around us to things that are happening in our lives. There are people who regularly ask me about how Lydia is doing and how sleep training is going. Or people who let me know how their family is doing, how they're recovering from surgery or what, they're, um, what they personally need prayer for. And that's a great picture for me of what community is. It's that process by which we share our stories. We become more connected to one another. And we recognize how connected we already are through that process. That we see what we already have in common that we perhaps did not recognize before. And so we can see how Peter's witness and the miracle of Pentecost leads to that kind of community. If we picture again for a moment what's happening as Peter begins to preach on that morning, there are Jews from all over the world gathered together for that festival. They have that shared bond of their Jewish faith and heritage, but there was something that divided them as well. It was their language. 
They all spoke differently. They heard differently. They understood things differently. They did not have the words to share one another's stories. And it's those kinds of differences that often lead us to not recognize that the same God who is at work in us is the God who created and is at work in everyone around us. That's one of the biggest challenges for community, is that there are all kinds of these differences that we allow to be divisions. We allow them to prevent us from hearing other people's stories rather than seeing them as opportunities where we can see more of the beauty of God's creation. Our cultures, our ethnicities, our backgrounds, our generations, our sexual orientations and gender identities, our differences across these areas are not problems to be solved. They are signs of a God whose divine creativity is infinite. And each person that we meet is another window into seeing more of that loving creator whose image we are made in. And that's a big part of the miracle of Pentecost. For even just a moment, the people who were there could see that in one another. They are offered the ability to recognize how their stories are connected to one another. And they are given the gift of being able to speak in one another's language and allows them to see that the God's Holy Spirit is present in every one of them. And it points them towards Christ and the recognition that Christ had died and was resurrected for all of them. They could all start to share their stories and realize what God was doing for them and in them. And once they could see that God was at work in each other, they started to treat each other differently. Because it's no longer about them and what they need. It becomes about us and how we are taking care of one another. True, real community forms. And as they did so, they discovered something fascinating. They had more than enough. They pooled their resources, they shared what they had, they sold what they didn't need. And then it turns out that everyone actually had all that they needed. They ate meals together, and everyone rejoiced because there was enough. As long as we believe that we are not a part of one another's stories, we are in competition, not in community. And that competition becomes its own type of story, and it keeps us from finding what God has for us. We have to stay focused on getting and acquiring for ourselves whatever we need. And when we're focused on acquiring, we will never get to a place of enough. We will never have enough to make it on our own. We weren't meant to have enough on our own. But if we let ourselves accept that we are all part of the same story, and that it is a shared story, and that it is God's story that we are all part of, we realize that there is enough, and it becomes a different question. If we know that there is already enough, if we believe in God's abundant divine provision, then the question we are at we need to ask is, what are we called to give? What has God provided us with, with the intention that we share it with others? Whose enough are we holding on to for ourselves? And maybe a harder question for some of us. We also have to ask, what are we called to receive? What do we truly need in our lives that if we didn't feel the need to do it on our own, Others might be willing to freely give to us. 
that we might have enough too. And that's what happens in Acts. There becomes a flow of giving and receiving. And they discover that this is what God wants for us. To be fulfilled, not by ourselves, but as a part of one another. And then another cycle develops from this giving and receiving. The community that they form leads to witness. Because in this giving and receiving, people recognize and see new places where God is at work. And they share that with others. And more are invited in to participate and become a part of the community. And that makes sense, right? Because we're not used to seeing that. That is new and different and unusual. And it's attractive. Because we know what it's like to be divided. We know what it's like to be separated from one another. We know what it's like to try to have to carve out our own little places in the world by ourselves. But a place where those divisions are being torn down. Where people are coming together not just in spite of their differences, but because they recognize that those differences are God-given. That, by itself, is a sign that God is at work. And something that is worth testifying to and worth being a witness to. And that kind of community starts right here at the table. At this table, there is plenty for all. All are welcome. And Christ has already shared his very body and blood that we might know that we are loved and that we, together, as a community, are enough. I invite you to come and to receive. Amen. We continue on page 358. 358.